Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Back 40. Uh, my name is Alex, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Andy and Dayton. Hello. What's up? And this week, we're going to be talking about music. Music in general. We're going to be talking about our favorite artists, our favorite genre, how music is important to us, and also how music has affected our lives mm. directly. Um, I'm just going to... Basically, all I have to say about what we're going to be talking about this episode, let's just uh, jump right into it with Andy. Yes. All right. So, uh, for those of you who know us um, outside of the podcast, maybe you went to school with us or maybe you're friends with us um, in the real world, um, know that music is extremely um, important to all of us, not only as individuals, but as a group. So, um, in college... We all went to Bethel University, and we were all part of a music program uh, called Bethel University Renaissance. And it was a choir that traveled around to uh, different states and different denominations and different churches. And we sang praise and worship music on Sunday mornings. Um, And that's where I met Alex and Dayton. And that is kind of where we discovered, wow, these are are the guys that I want to call my best friends. Um, Yes. There's just something about music that can build a connection between two people. Um, it's just something that words will never quite achieve. Yep. Um, like when I first heard Dayton and Alex sing, I knew right then and there, I'm like, wow, I want to be friends with those people. Um, I was blown away. And that goes for more than just them. Uh, the choir is made up of so many talented individuals that it's insane yes um i don't know about the two of you but i'm sure that a lot of us especially um a lot of the people that were in the choir in the past with us because we are no longer than that um probably were like the cream of the crop vocally mm-hmm. talent wise and their their home church or their home school whether they were in a school choir whether they were like lead soloist in church um they're probably like hot stuff and Mm -hmm. you come to bethel and you're intermixed with all of these insanely talented people and you just kind of realize like wow this is intimidating but it's also home right and that's music music taps into our feelings and makes us feel extremely comfortable but can also wow us and surprise us at the same time um and that's one of the reasons why i think i have such a um an intimate connection with music it is really near and dear to my heart because it can tap into feelings that words simply just can't hit Mm -hmm. um and i'm sure the same goes for you all um i'm sure we could talk for hours about how music has changed our lives i'm sure everyone probably has a story uh, where music's important and it plays a role in that. That's why we have first kiss songs. That's why we have first dances to songs at weddings. And it becomes those iconic moments because we relate music mm-hmm. to rememberable moments. Right. It's just something that I don't think we can ever truly understand, but we all get it. We're like, oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Music just hits that spot. Yes. So, yes. um, that's a little bit kind of about our backstory 
maybe that helps put a little perspective into why we have such a good banter and stuff and it may sound like we can't stand each other sometimes but um no matter freaking hate you Andy (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) no matter how frustrated we can get at each other like them getting upset with me at my horror movie villains list um we're always going to have such a close bond and that is largely due to our shared love for music and our shared interest in uh, just pitches and how they can come together to create something as beautiful as a song yes not trying to sound super profound there but that's just kind of how it is well, I mean, we discussed your love for poetry in the last episode, so right, yeah. It only it only makes sense for you to be profound, but no, I I do agree with everything you're saying, and you know, music as a whole, even outside of our individual experiences and our experiences together as a group of friends, uh, music as a whole just has a way to exactly like you said, unite people. It it crosses language barriers. You know, even if I were to hear a song that was in a different language, I could understand what the artist or what the composer was trying to get across from their message simply because music taps into a different a different part of your soul than spoken word does. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And for those of you listening, no, this is not a podcast about the history of music, and it's not a, a deep dive or introspection into music as an art form. Um, this is just kind of a brief spiel about why music is so important to us and kind of how we see it, because I think everybody sees music differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you to kind of understand what we're talking about um, in this episode and any future episode where we talk about music um it's important to kind of recognize how how we view it um and i think that that is going to pay off in the long run and you'll see so don't leave us yet i know this is going to sound like a history lesson if you listened up to this point i promise it's not bear with us we are going to get into the fun stuff (laughs) um so i think with that it's probably time for you to kind of learn about us as listeners and as a prospective artist, um, because we're all singers. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that that does add to our music, uh, opinions, I guess, uh, perspective, our music perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say that I think that that gives us some weight to throw and we have things to say that maybe have, you know, some kind of basis of experience. So, um, Alex, why don't you go ahead and tell us and the listeners what your favorite kind of music is? It can be a genre, it can be um, a specific style, your choice. Oh, you already, I'm sure you two already know, and everybody who hears my voice already knows what my favorite genre of music is, and that's country music. Yeah, no surprise there. Shocker. Um, <laughs> Shocker. Road Tide. Road Tide, baby. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, country music has been a, a big part of my life. I had cowboy boots when I was four years old. They were snakeskin. Uh, you know, I had a cowboy hat. I used to jump on the couch up and down to George Strait, and you know, in a cowboy hat and underwear and my cowboy boots on. God singing, bless America. Singing away. <laughs> so 
I love my country music and uh, it's uh, something my family's uh, always loved and something I've always loved through them. So, okay, yep. so why country? You said your family always loved it and you loved it, but but why? That's why for, that out of all the different kinds of music? Why country? I just think, you know, country is something that connects to me, you know, like, you know, I do, I teach and I also, you know, also own a landscaping company. But before that, before I started teaching while I was in college with you all, when I came back home, you know, I worked every day. You know, I, I was outside working, uh, hauling hay, hauling pine straw, cutting yards, doing landscaping, laying mulch. I was in the heat of the day every day, you know, and, and you know, kind of like blue collar workers, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like Luke Combs' song, Blue Collar Boys, you know, we bust our backs, barely getting by. You know, that's that was me. You know, mm-hmm. that was my family. You know, my dad literally worked at Super Value for years and years and years until he busted his back. And you couldn't work no more, you know. And uh, it's just country music can also associate with the, like being country music can be super depressing, like mm-hmm. more depressing than yeah. any other genre. You know, you lose your dog, you lose your wife, you know, yada yada yada. The list goes on. You, you had a bad day, etc. But you know, country, at the end of the day, country music is almost something that anyone can relate to, right? you work nine to five and there's Dolly Parton song you are working nine to five what a way to make a living you yeah. know what I'm saying yeah. mm-hmm. and I just think I you know like I said country music just it touches me and it's got a special place in my heart and you know not saying that others like when you hear people other genres like because I know R&B you feel R&B you know what I'm saying but like mm-hmm. country music when you hear That's that low, like low singer like Coulter Wall which I'll get into later you can almost feel what he's singing about. Yes. Like like the song uh, Kate McCannon, he does. Mm. You can almost feel you're you're in you're in the jail cell with him listening and what he's been through. Yeah. In that song, it just country music to me just has a way of grabbing you and saying, "Listen to me." You know what right. I'm saying? And you can feel it. So that that's it's just easy for me to listen to. It's pretty much. I listen to country music almost every day, so it has a big place in my heart. Uh, so that's my favorite genre, my all-time favorite, hmm. probably. Okay, so to kind of sum up what you're saying, you were you're saying that country music is one of the best art forms um, or genres for provoking a. A feeling of experience and kind of kinship with the like salt of the earth people yeah okay yeah, yeah. i mean yeah you can definitely see that i mean we all have we all have that boss or had that boss that we don't like to work with but we have to there's a country song about that right right you know there's like that song this is country music and brad paisley does that covers all the bases just go listen to that song and you'll be like if you don't get connected to that song in some way, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you don't. I mean, it's just that song covers it all. And it's country music. Okay. It's just country music. And we do That's You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So if country's your favorite genre to listen to, 
um, enlighten us on how that's influenced you as a prospective artist and as a singer. Well, you know, uh, I've sang country like my whole, my whole life in high school, my whole life I've sang country. When I broke, I, I played basketball and I was, I was, I was pretty good at it. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't like, wow, he's going to a D1 school good, but I mean, for a small town, I was, I was pretty good at it. Yeah. And, uh, I broke my arm, shattered it, and then I was like, well, I'm not going to sit here. I'm going to do something. So I picked up a guitar. I took lessons from a teacher. Uh, she's still alive today, Marlene Wolf. Uh, if you're listening to this, thank you for everything. Uh, can't tell you what all you did for me to get me to where I've been. But um, uh, I did country music, and I sang in the choir at school, and yada, yada, yada. But um when i got to bethel uh i had to learn a new genre and that was southern gospel and i love southern gospel and it's it's i had to learn how to get those placements but you know one thing with country music is country music is hard to sing Mm -hmm. it's not something you just go out there and you're just like uh i I can sing country That, that, that they don't even sing they're just their accent and that's not true like you've really got to try to sing country music there's country music music artists right now that can't even sing live okay right trust me right. i've heard them they can't sing live You're like we wrong. talked about that last night yeah mm-hmm. exactly yep. so i mean and i think you know growing up learning country music i think that prepared me for having to learn different styles at college like southern gospel it made it easier for me to learn those placements because i had to learn certain placements for country music Right. So, so I, I think that's that how that's how it has affected me as an artist. You know, I don't make money, but you know, as just a bedroom singer, I sing at church on Sunday mornings, whatever. You know, uh, I think that has helped me improve my voice. So, so you're saying that country music still being your favorite genre to listen to, but also you think that it was the foundation that led to you singing even up to the current day and especially through college when you did have to learn different vocal styles and different techniques but you say that country music was a good foundation for that yeah uh, definitely because you know when i tried out for bethel i sang two songs one of them was a southern gospel song and the other one was i crossed my eyes i mean i crossed my heart by george street wow, wow. so and I, I played it on guitar and everything and you know the director was like Dude, that was really good. Like he was like, your your place on country music is like stellar. And I'm like, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I've done it my whole life. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Uh, that's pretty much the foundation of where I started with music would be through country music. And yeah, that's that's pretty much why country music is my favorite genre. Uh, you know, it's always been there for me. It's got me through ups and downs. You know, and so has southern gospel southern gospel and just gospel music period but you know country uh country is something that you know i sing country music our christmas gathering every year uh my mom will ask me to every year she don't have to ask me to but she does because she wants to make sure it happens (laughs) but um yeah uh i love country music man it's my favorite genre no doubt about it i don't know my second favorite genre Sure. Why don't you enlighten us? I don't know if we're all going to do two or not, but um, 
You will never guess it. I want you to go ahead and give it a guess. One guess. Cla- classic rock. No, Andy. Ooh, I'll say '90s hip hop. No, my fat second favorite genre is big band or swing music. Ooh, okay. okay. Like my next guess is classical Sinatra. music. Yeah. Beethoven, Mozart. <laughs> stuff like Frank. Yeah, stuff like Frank Sinatra, Michael Bublé, you know, Dean Martin, it's Bing fair. Crosby. You know, I love stuff like that. My music teacher, man, she used to tell me, uh, you need to. I told her I wanted to. I wanted to sound like that after I, you know, uh, learned the country styles. So I, like, I really want to learn this. She's like, you want to go from country to Frank Sinatra, and I'm like. As crazy as that sounds, yes. Okay, well, vocally, I don't really think, I don't see how she would think that's crazy because a lot of country singers are crooners at their base. Oh, like, like yeah. There's like, a lot of overlap there, vocally yeah. speaking, from a technical standpoint. That that um, that style of like really sliding your notes and stretching them out super legato um, for my music nerds out there, that's like at the root of most country like George Strait is a classic country crooner. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Chris Young is an absolute classic country crooner. Chris Young's a beast. Yeah, he is. And so I'm not know, sure why that would surprise her because honestly those, those should have some overlap there. I, I think, think it surprised her just because she wasn't expecting me to say that. Oh, right. I, I think it has yeah. I think it has a lot to do with the region that Alex is in, just the region of the country. Yeah. Because I mean we're all Southern boys. If any one of us went to a vocal teacher that had only heard us sing, you know, Southern types of music and country and said, Hey, I want to learn how to sing like Michael Buble. I think it would throw anyone in, in our regions of the country, just because we are Southern. And while country music basically is crooning with a Southern accent, it is kind of shocking to hear someone from our areas of where we're at to say, oh yeah, I I wanna I sing like this. This is how I sound. So I think I understand why she was shocked a bit. Yeah, and uh, one thing that she told me, she's like, if you're going to uh, do the style of music, she's like, you know, uh, sound is vibrations. If you'll just match your vibrations and your placement to theirs, you can do it. Because like right. Andy said, there's some overlap there with the crooning and. And I was like, okay. So I went home and I was like, I know how to do this. So I got my iPod. Yes, I said iPod. I was in high school. I got my iPod and uh, put my headphones in. I lay down on my bed and I would hum and match the vibrations to Frank Sinatra or Michael Buble. And that's how I would get my placements. I never realized until this exact moment how similar our... Um, styles were for learning how to sing a new genre. So <laughs> that's crazy. Bro, I, did that, I did that every night, man. <laughs> I listened to them every night and hummed it. And then when I got up to sing it, my mom was like, bro, that you sound a lot like them. Like, I was like, oh, thanks. And you, you should just see the reaction to people. Like, I was selected to sing at uh, Alabama's like beauty pageant for like, uh, like, you know, it was a serious deal. Is that the super speedway? Matter of fact, 
it was at Talladega Super Speedway, and I was chosen to sing in between like their changings and judging of scores. I would just walk up to the mic, they play my music, and I would sing. And I would lead out with some George Strait. I go to some Josh Turner, and then the next set, you hear "Fly Me to the Moon," and you and I, and people were like, "What is happening? This right. man can do both of these genres. That's insane." And you know, music. That's also when you come back to music, music, the versatility of music, and that's how it can touch everyone is the versatility of it. Yeah. So that's super but, cool. I don't want to well, put you. Hot, but do you think you could you think you could sing a little bit of flight of the moon for us uh, audience for those listening um even though we've known alex for quite a good bit um and we've heard him sing countless times we have actually never really heard him sing big band so this would kind of be a first for us so i don't want to put you on the spot if you're not comfortable with it don't worry about it but if you think that'd be cool like a little treat you never heard me sing big band i don't think so not, I've heard not Noah, in a serious I've heard Noah sing a crap ton of big band, but I don't think I've ever heard you sing big band. I don't know. Uh, I'll be honest with y'all. I just came off of sickness. I had a severe sinus infection. Uh, I'll just do a little bit and see how it sounds. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. There you go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And like I said, I've you can still hear it in my voice. If you don't know me, I'm sick. <laughs> I'm super sick. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you this, listeners. For those who aren't familiar with Alex's voice, he usually has a lot more vocal resonance, meaning that he fills the space. So, right. Right. Still cool. Right. Yeah, I'll, do, I'll do it again when I'm not sick. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Overview of your taste um, and how broad they are. Um, Don't be wrong. I like all music. That's just my top two. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not a diss. Uh, just disclaimer. This is not a a diss um, or putting down other genres. Maybe you're favorite genre is punk rock and that's okay it's not mine but that's cool that it's yours music's for everybody it's subjective so um this is totally our opinions and our favorites mm-hmm. so, with that being said dayton you've been uncharacteristically quiet this episode so far how about you tell us uh, your <laughs> wow, favorite Andy. type of music <laughs> you're gonna throw shade at me and then then ask me to talk wow. of course that's the way you I roll. know me better than that. Anyway, um, no, I, I think Alex said it very well when he said, you know, country music was his foundation into learning other types of music. Now, I, I had a foundation as well that kind of branched off into other types of music, but it was not country. Uh, my family, my mom and my sister used to sing with a man called Bill Baker and he was the baritone singer for the song masters now if you are hearing me right now and you and it sounds like i'm speaking french because you have no idea what i'm talking about these are southern gospel groups i sang southern gospel for all of my life even up till this very moment Um, but foundationally i first heard southern gospel coming from my mom and my aunt and mr bill baker 
Um, and they would travel around Tennessee and like, like much like Renaissance did, we would travel to a few other states and just sing this specific brand of gospel music. And I grew up on a stage, you know, I, and looking back, I was very blessed to have that foundation. And that is what allowed me to get to Bethel. I, I came on a music scholarship, much like, you know, Alex and Andy both. They were there on music scholarships. But the only reason I had enough about me to get that was because of the foundation that my my family put into me, and that was Southern gospel music and also just music in general. Uh, my dad listened to a lot of country growing up as well. It just never... It never stylistically affected me until much later in life, much much more recent than I would consider my childhood. Um, but yeah, I had a foundation of Southern Gospel music, got to school, and obviously met Alex and Andy and our whole big friend group um, and a, a bunch of other friends from choir as well that... You know, we may not keep in touch as much as me and Andy and Alex do, but I do consider the some of the people I met there to be true friends, and uh, my life is better for having met them. And much like we said earlier, music is the thing that did that, brought us all together, and music has been a overriding theme of my life and continues to be an overriding theme of my life. Now... With that being said, Southern Gospel was the foundation vocally for me as a singer and as an artist. But is it my favorite type of music to listen to? The answer to that is no. Um, and I think I, I've heard a few other people and obviously having friends in the Southern Gospel industry as well. Uh, I, I know a lot of, of other people that do not listen to Southern Gospel in their free time simply because, you know, if you sing it, um, you, you kind of get burnt out on it. And I hate to say that, especially about Christian music, because you can never get burnt out on the message that Christian music shows. But you do get burnt out of listening to it and singing it. So my favorite type of music to listen to and this is current because my answer is a little bit more complicated. Currently, my favorite type of music to listen to is what I would call Americana slash folk uh, music. And I appreciate that Alex said as much about country music as he did. And this is just a difference in opinion. And I guess me just being a little bit uh, critical of current country music because I I do not like current country music uh, oh, and I'll, country I'll, music I'm not a big fan of the there's very few artists I like of the new modern country music right yeah. right I, I I I used to like what I would call country music and then recently country music has kind of taken a turn that I, I don't so much like and it's not so much about the voice as it is about the look and I don't agree with that it's not so much about the story of a song or what the song is trying to say it's more so just what's going to get us what's going to sell this album you know and so in my perspective every 
okay, I won't say every, but most country music now in 2021 is strictly about good times, drinking beer, running around with women, Mm -hmm. talk about our trucks, and that's pretty much it. And while those are aspects of and influences of country music, I don't think that it's the only thing that should be talked about. And what I would consider real country music died a long time ago. And there are only a select few artists that continue to herald real, what I consider to be real country music. But because they are not modern country, they are considered Americana and folk. So I guess in a way, my second, my favorite genre is country I'm putting quotes around that but what is actually considered to be Americana folk currently and those are people those are people like Coulter Wall like Alex mentioned and Tyler Childers and um, the list the list goes on I mean there's just there's tons of people and artists that do not get the recognition they deserve for keeping quote unquote real country music alive and I cannot wait until they do if they ever get the recognition that they deserve but as of right now the date that we are recording this that is my favorite genre to listen to and it is it's because I love songs that tell a story and I think a lot of that has to do with being raised on southern gospel and constantly having southern gospel playing in the house every every southern gospel song has a story to tell and it made me really covet that when I listen to a song and so songs now when I listen to them I'm listening for the story and the message that they're trying to tell and people like Tyler Childers and people like Coulter Wall just have a way of telling a story and writing a song about a very specific life experience that I may not have had but it's almost as if I can feel what they went through simply because of the music and because of the way they use their voice to sing that type of music. Um, Talk about that a little more. Cause I feel like nowadays, like when we watch the voice or something and you hear Kelly Clarkson say, you have a, a storyteller voice Um, for people who aren't like super music nerds or music buffs. Um, they might not really understand kind of what she's talking about, but I feel like the genre you've chosen Americana folk is full of artists um, that are capable of that. So talk about that a little bit. Right. So if I were, and I hate, I hate to use this terminology, but it's the only way I can think to put it. If I were to give a statement for branded as music for dummies, I would compare these artists so the difference in artists when you hear when I say they have a storytelling voice it's the difference in Nick Jonas and Michael Buble Michael Buble has a storyteller voice and it's not specifically because of the kind of music he sings it's the inflection and the way he sings it. Nick Jonas is a pop singer. I love Nick Jonas's music, but it is very, very pop. And it's not, pop is not so focused on storytelling. And again, this is not me bashing Nick Jonas. Please don't get me wrong. But my taste 
specifically. I just I, I want storytelling and people like Michael Bublé and there's tons of tons of examples that I just can't think of off the top of my head right now. But Coulter Wall is one of the best that I listen to at like the first two notes that come out of this guy's mouth. Oh my gosh, I'm there with him. You know, like Alex said, I'm in the jail with him. He killed a man because he slept with his wife. I can hear that in his voice. And and I think, like Andy said, you get a different perspective on things when you are a singer and when you use these things that you learn because that is something that I want in my voice that I don't necessarily have yet. I, I have to be very... I have to be very charismatic and I have to be storytelling in the way that I portray myself on a stage to get that point across. It doesn't come through in just my voice. Mm. But there are certain people that you know, it doesn't matter if you see them live in concert or you hear their song on a radio, you can feel what they're talking about and right. you can feel the pain or the joy or whatever emotion they want you to feel simply because of how they use their voice and I've always been fascinated by that that gift and I do mean gift that some people have um, mm-hmm. and Americana folk music is absolutely chock full of people with that gift and that is why it is my favorite now if I had to pick a second favorite and this may or may not shock my co-host and people listening if I had to pick a second favorite it would be classic rock. Cool. Uh, and that is that is specifically the only reason I mention it is because those are the type of music, those are the types of music that I listen to the most. Americana slash folk and classic rock. Now and some people listening may be upset or just shocked in general that I Southern Gospel is not in my top two because I did sing Southern Gospel on the professional level for a year and non-professional level my whole life. But what I would say to that is that I separate Christian music and non-Christian music in my mind. And Andy, Andy knows this better than anybody because he lived with me. If you were to put my Apple Music, everything on my in my library on Apple Music, and just put everything on shuffle, and we were on a road trip, Ooh. I would I would be skipping songs left and right because music for me gets me in a mindset and it, it puts me in a certain mood, and I I want my music to fit the vibe that I am currently dealing with, and you know I. It just it it mentally messed with me to go from hearing "It's Still the Cross" by Gold City to "Stick That in Your Country" song by Eric Church, you know, and I I, I can't deal with that on a mental level, and so mentally I separate Christian music and non-Christian music, and I could talk a whole episode about Christian music, and we probably will get into that in another episode, but. Uh, in a broad sense, yeah, Americana folk and classic rock are my two favorite genres. Hmm. Mm. Do you listen to Greta Van Fleet? 
Yes and no. I'm not an avid listener. Oh my but God. So, obviously when I'm listening to classic rock, that comes up. Yeah. Also, I have to, and I told Andy I would do this, and I almost forgot, but Alex, I have to give you props, and I don't think I've ever told you this, but my first trip to your house on spring break, the first time I went to your house, that was the moment that I decided to start dipping my toe into other genres other than Southern Gospel and Country, because we walked in your house, and you had this pretty little record player and you had records from all of these artists that I had never even given a second thought to. Like, obviously you had Michael Bublé. Um, yeah. And but you also had people like Fleetwood Mac, and it, it's it's mm-hmm. it, it it encouraged me to like, hey, you know, there's not there's more than just a couple types of music and you may or may not like it but you owe it to the genre as a whole to at least listen to a song from every genre that you think you might possibly like and you even specifically said man i like all kinds of music because i can't just be narrow-minded about the kind of music that i listen to because there might be a whole other genre that i haven't even discovered yet and how would i know if i never tried to listen to it Exactly. And so I, ha- I have to give you props for that because I, I probably never would have spread my wings musically if it hadn't been for that trip and you telling me that and that record player and those records, man. So you are a big reason why my favorite genre that I'm talking about isn't Southern Gospel right now. Uh, if you would have asked me three years ago, my answer would have been very straightforward. Southern gospel, it's God's music. Come on. Amen. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Um, but I learned to sep- I learned to separate. That's it. Because humanly, I like other types of music better. But spiritually, Southern gospel, Christian, praise and worship, all that stuff. It's just, it's a different part. My heart, and again, I don't mean to get specifically. I don't get to, I don't mean to get philosophical but my heart likes Americana and folk music my soul likes Christian music and gospel yeah. music and that's a good one mm-hmm. and it's like you said earlier you gotta be in the mood for certain music like right. I could ride down the road and listen to worship and I could worship while I'm driving yeah. right. And uh, but when I come in and I go to my prayer time you know I'm worship music there you know what I'm saying yeah yeah I might even, you know, I might be feeling acapella sacred choral music. Yeah. Right. That's Christian, you know. Like, there were, there were have, many. You know, I'm we so talk, sorry. You're good. You know, talking about the records, one you didn't see because I don't have it out, is uh, Handel's Full Messiah on record. Like, wow. I have, it's like five or four or five records. It's old. I found it in a record antique store and I was like, I want, I want that. I play that, and bro, when you hear that on a record player, it's just awesome, awesome. Hmm. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I was backing up what you said. Back to you. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. And I, anyway, Andy, if you don't have any more questions, I guess I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I really wanted to get that point across that I don't hate Southern gospel music. I don't. Um, it's just that different 
times call for different music. And Andy knows that better than anybody. Mm-hmm. Like I said, um, my heart likes Americana folk, and my soul likes Southern gospel and Christian and praise and worship. It's two very different mindsets that I have to be in to enjoy either music. Hmm. That is cool. Yeah. So, Andy, me and Alex have been doing a whole lot of talking. Yeah, you've been doing a lot of listening. You've been doing a whole lot of listening. <laughs> now, now it's your turn to do some talking, and my turn to mute you and not listen for about 15 minutes. Um, so... Ugh. You see what I endure through? This is, yeah. <laughs> um, Andy, why don't you tell us some of your musical influences and your favorite types of music? Okay, so um, you two already know this, and a lot of people who know me, um, it's not going to be a shock. My tastes are a mess. Oh my gosh, it's an amalgamation of all different kinds of music. If you ask me what my favorite type of music is, I say good music because that's that's my truth. I love good music, um, but it wasn't always that way, and I can kind of trace it back um, to where I started to really broaden my horizons. So when I was little, um, I really started to enjoy music. Um, from a gospel setting and I'm not talking about a southern gospel setting or a hymn operatic choral setting I'm talking about a black gospel setting I'm talking about um, like precious lord take my hand um, I'm talking about oh gosh I'm talking about C.C. Winans I'm talking about the Clark sisters. Um, that was kind of like my root. Uh, I was like, I was like, wow, this is music. Let's not forget Tamala man. Oh, how could we? My goodness. Forget her, man. She won't let you. Don't worry. Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) But that is always going to be kind of a home for me. Um, just because, you know, I grew up in the church and I'm the type of individual that, your basic hymns, your your four-part harmony breakdown of Amazing Grace is not going to do it for me. It doesn't lead me to the throne room quite like probably how it should. Um, I'm someone who responds to strong, strong voices and a musical melody that's interesting and really takes you on a trip. Um and Dayton, you know that if we ever if you ever show me a new song you show me it and then you're like okay now we're gonna go back and i want you to listen to the lyrics right <laughs> because right. i will always listen you to are Whew. you and that's something that we discovered living together and being friends in general you are much more driven by the voice and i am much more driven by the lyrics mm-hmm. and so when i would show you something new i'd be like yeah they can sing their tail off listen to this and then we get to the end okay but now forget their voice and listen to the actual song. Listen to the lyrics. And I always, I always liked that about you because it was a perfect compliment to me who was someone who wasn't necessarily focused on their voice. Cool, you can sing, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm listening to the lyrics. You listen to a voice. Yeah. And, you know, it's two sides to the same coin. Together they make it. But one without the other is 
obsolete almost. I mean, right. um, every song needs a singer and every singer needs a song. Yeah. Um, so those kind of have to go hand in hand. And I feel like we really complimented each other. And it's probably why we were such good friends because we really were kind of like the, the pee to the other's pot. Um, mm-hmm. You but, hated me at first though. We'll talk about that in another episode. That'll come up. But... I, I want to remind you of that. You hated me at first. <laughs> this is the music episode. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, I started out as black gospel music um and somewhere along the way i like hard hard cut transitioned to like pop um and at the time where i would have listened to that i really got into this this hip-hop wave um my mom was a big fan of 90s hip-hop so we listened to 90s hip-hop all the time we loved salt and pepper we loved bell biv devoe we loved um Aaliyah. um hmm. i mean i just can't i mean Oh, those are like the classics to me. SWV. Oh man, Boys to Men. We we need to go all day. But um, when I think about music that really started me as an artist, I think about '90s hip hop. Um, which is, if you're listening to this, you can probably tell by my voice, or if you know me, you definitely know that I am not black. Um, I'm white. <laughs> I just feel the need to go on record and say that. Um, not only are you white, you're very white. I'm very, like, I'm very white. For, Pasty. For, for anyone who hasn't met Andy, this is, I mean, like me and Alex are white, but Andy's white, white. I'm white. Andy it's is Irish. Andy's redheaded, freckled, like white, white. No soul <laughs> having redheaded. <laughs> Goodness, but um. It's, it's not lost on me that hip-hop and black gospel music was, you know, a genre rooted for African-Americans. And, you know, like, black gospel really was rooted in the conversion of, like, uh, African slaves and the trans- transatlantic slave trade um, where they were work songs. Um, that's mm-hmm. not lost on me. And the idea of, you know, uh, what later became, like, Negro spirituals, that's not lost to me and I appreciate that culture um and I'm in no way trying to um reinterpret it or reinvent the wheel it's just something that I also managed to connect with as weird as that is these people came from such different backgrounds and had such different experiences than me but I still found a way to say wow I I hear myself I hear something in here that really resonates with me as a listener mm. and then later on me as an artist mm. um, so I don't want any listener to think that that um, origin is lost on me and that I don't understand it because I do and I know that that kind of music will never have the same impact to me as it will to the individuals that this music was created for right. um, but I still I- think I can enjoy it. I think it's interesting that you mentioned that because I think that can be said for Alex and myself as well. Um, Obviously in much smaller ways because there isn't an entire, in most cases, there isn't an entire nationality that separates us from the genre that we like. Uh, That's very specific to you and you like music that is more 
uh, more branded toward African American people, mm-hmm. and that's just who you are. Uh, we've always known that about you, and you've you've always been very open and vocal about that. But I mean, again, we'll get back to the culture wall thing, like, and what was the song you mentioned earlier, Alex? Uh, Kate McCannon. Kate McCannon. That song is about him falling in love with this girl and then finding her cheating on him. Where they met at first. Where they met at first. And then he shot her. So he's in, he's in, he had killed her and he's in prison writing this song and singing it to you. I have never done that. And I hope I never do that. And I'm sure Alex can say the same thing about country music. Like Alex, hasn't experienced, you know, probably uh, some of the some of the themes that go on in country music. I've never experienced that, but I think it says something if an artist is able to get you to feel something even about a situation or a circumstance that you haven't experienced. And I think that that really is what is going on with you as well, Andy. Obviously, it's much uh, it's somewhat to us uh, has been and we've made jokes about it but somewhat to us has been comical that hey this this white kid likes black music but I think it's very understandable that something you haven't experienced and something that isn't specifically branded to you you can find a connection to simply Mm -hmm. because you connect to the artist or you connect to the music or the music makes you connect to it and I think that's really what goes on it's very interesting and music does have that power music is just an open door and it's waiting for someone anyone to walk through it in my opinion Um, I'll tell you right now I love me some Ruth Franklin bro oh yes Mm -hmm. yes. me and Andy I don't know if Dayton if you watch The Voice or not Uh, not faithfully Wendy sang that Rita Franklin song a couple weeks ago. Oh my! Oh my <laughs> goodness! Oh that! Oh man! That! Oh my gosh! That little rasp with the yell. Oh man, dude! Mm-hmm. She it. has no business being that good. <laughs> no no business. It's not fair. I don't understand it. I'm angry. I'm shell-shocked. I'm in awe. Every time yeah. she opens her mouth, I'm just like, thank I know. you. Every time and she I- opens her mouth, and I'm like, and this woman sang backup country for 35 years. Ridiculous. I think, Ridiculous. I think something, another interesting thing is that you know, we're not getting very specific in this episode. We wanted to make kind of a shorter episode. We're not getting super specific about every individual artist that we listen to and every musical style that we enjoy. But I'll have to say, while we're on the subject uh, that Andy's talking about, Etta James is Mm. one of my all-time favorite Mm -hmm. artists. And that is the music that is created in no matter what circle, of music, no matter what genre of music it's created in, music in and of itself, no matter how or when it's created, has the power to span not only generational gaps, um, not only language barriers, but even nationality barriers and ethnicity barriers. It can speak to, when you hear Etta James, uh, 
you know, Sing she, has a, she has a cry in her mm-hmm. voice. Something me and Andy talk about all the time. I love somebody with a cry Absolutely. in their voice. You can, you can feel their pain. Um, when you hear her do that, yeah, she's probably crying for a whole different reason than you would be as a white boy from Tennessee, me talking to myself. But you can feel that. Hey, that's pain. I get that. Mm-hmm. Wow, she's good. I love her, you know? And I think, I, I think again, it just goes back to the power of music and that music can do that. Absolutely. And you know, Continue, it's those Andy. kind of thoughts that really propelled me on this trip because we mentioned earlier, voice is my thing. I, I love listening to that. I really like study it. I really fixate on the voice of a person and how that complements to the melody, even in harmonies and counter melodies. I am very fixated on that kind of thing. So it's no shock to most um, avid music listeners that black artists are my favorite artists because they have undeniable voices and tone and it's, it's incredible. So uh, naturally I have, I find appeal with those artists. Um, so 90s hip hop was kind of the jumping off point for me. Um, I was like, mm, yes, this is the kind of music that I I want to listen to for the rest of my life. Um, and then, you know, that kind of led me on a, like a reverse rabbit hole. So, you know, hip hop um, kind of rose from early R&B. Um, because R&B started to become really like homogenized um, and that's the reason today it's so hard for R&B artists to like sell music Um, you know there's artists that have done so successfully Usher, R. Kelly, Janet Jackson, TLC, Aaliyah, Destiny's Child, Mary J. Blige, Boys to Men they have had success um, but there are plenty of great R&B artists that are still struggling because it's really you know hard it's really hard to break the gap because everything that would be considered R&B kind of has fallen into the pop and it's kind of started to really become straightened out. Um, I'm super glad you said something about that. It's something I wanted to mention when I was talking, but I I chased a rabbit too far and couldn't. Um, We were obviously, me me and Alex, we were talking about country and Americana and folk and what new country is becoming and about all these artists that you know your average everyday joe wouldn't wouldn't know about and i just want to make this clear and again i'm not being philosophical but i think it it does play a part in what andy is saying as an artist and all three of us are um you know i i've written music Andy and Alex and myself all of us sing some of our closest friends sing and write music and we are just of that we have such an affinity for music and artistship and being artist that we are very aware that there are so many artists whose music may not ever see the light of day unless you go and look for them and it is because of this there is a difference in making good music and making music that sells. Absolutely. And that is why a lot of these, not only Americana and folk and what I would consider real country artists, 
but also the R&B artists that Andy's talking about. That is why they kind of fall through the cracks, and it's real hard for them to break through that ceiling because we are so money-driven as Americans that a lot of time tremendous talent and tremendous tremendous artistship and tremendous songwriting gets overlooked because ah well you're not marketable you can't you know you can't write 10 songs about the same thing with a different hook and make it sound good you know you you don't look that great uh it's it's not marketable it's not money making there's a difference in making good music and making money and making music that sells yep right and that's when like you know when Simon Cowell told Tori Kelly she was never going to be anything. Like, look at her now. Like, mm, right, right. Insane, bro. Never tell Tori Kelly that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, back, back to Andy. Yeah. I mean, no, this goes perfectly along with what I was saying. I put in the work. I realized that these were the types of artists that I enjoyed to listen to, and I sought them out. They were not necessarily the easiest to find um these weren't people that i always heard on the radio um these weren't people that were always you know televised um and i feel like that's a shame but that's just the way that yeah the the world was when i was growing up and you know trying to figure my way out through music um so i really started to kind of open up to r&b and i landed there um not too far after I got into high school, I was like, this is it. Rhythm and blues, baby. This is it. Um, and, you know, there are uh, tons of pop artists that I was like, ooh, I see their R&B background. Like, obviously, Whitney Houston is fantastic. No denying. She's the voice of a generation. Um, God rest her soul. I wept when she passed. I'm pretty sure we all did. Um because she was one of the artists that could blur the lines. She had backgrounds in the R&B era, but she broke free from the mold. She managed to find ways to put those elements into pop music and really revitalize it. And that became a wave. That became a chain and a path that even modern R&B artists today follow. I love her. I love Rihanna, and I think that they're two artists that do that very well. They have taken elements of R&B, maybe even found ways to put more in there, and then they've taken what sells about pop music, and they've combined the two, and they've made it music that sells, but is also, I think, worth listening to. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I say I like good music, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about music that is worth listening to naturally my home is r&b um if you've ever heard me sing i love my riffs and runs um mm-hmm. that's how i learned to sing actually fun fact dayton knows this alex you may not know this um i used to watch a tv show called glee probably a lot of you did and um probably no shock now who my favorite character was it was uh mercedes jones played by one amber riley and i thought that she was the greatest and i just knew that in my mind i was going to sing like her um so when she would sing um i would record all the episodes when she would sing a song i would listen to it and then i'd pause it and i'd go back and i would sing along with her and then she would sing something she'd sing a run and i'd pause it and i'd go back and i would do it with her and i would continue to do that until i got it right mm-hmm I just, I just taught myself how to kind of run and riff 
like they do. I really modeled it. So if you ever hear my voice, you probably hear a lot of pull from people that inspired me because my voice is a combination of what I was able to replicate from them and kind of make my own. And of course we all have our own tone, but a lot of that um, skill comes from simple impression. Um, I just practiced that and I got, I would say, pretty good at it. I'm not the best, but I would say I got pretty good at it. Um, (laughs) And that's really kind of shaped how I see music. I see music as um, it doesn't really matter what genre it is, as long as it connects to me and is written for a purpose. But all that being said, my home is with my running and riffing R&B, soul, pop artist. Um, I feel like it's an underappreciated genre. I really Mm -hmm. do. And I want to make sure they get some love. Mm -hmm. And let's see, if I had to give a second genre that I thought was my favorite, which that's hard because like I said, I like all of them. But if I had to give a genre that I probably frequent the most after that. Oh, goodness. Um, um, You can do this. I know it's difficult. It's hard. This is ridiculous. Honestly, okay. I feel like it would probably be probably theatrical classical um mm-hmm. i like broadway broadway type mm-hmm. of stuff i feel like those people have such an underappreciated talent i bet half the people that would listen to this podcast don't know who cynthia revo is oh yeah. if you haven't seen any of her performances from the color purple um mm-hmm. or you haven't seen any of her performances in general on youtube please look them up she's I, I, like i didn't know until you told me that she was supposed to be in the greatest showman as Zendaya. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't I didn't know that until you told me that. They mm-hmm. cast Zendaya instead of her because Zendaya is more marketable. Um again, again, there's a difference in being good and being marketable. Yeah, absolutely. Cynthia Rebo is the better vocalist here. Yeah. Um, oh, and yeah. a lot of people got hate towards Zendaya and we won't get into all that. Uh, you know, Zendaya is a great actress and um, I still enjoy The Greatest Showman and I still liked her role. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I really would have liked to have seen Cynthia give a shot at that. But I mean, it's those I definitely kind of would artists. have liked to have heard it. Right. For sure. Mm-hmm. And, and while, there you're, is while a, you're on the subject, I'm so sorry, but while you're on the subject of theatrical, I, I feel like we can't brush by this without mentioning this guy. And Andy is going to know and he's going to kick himself when he hears me say this. But as far as Broadway and the theatrical voice, uh, obviously people are probably going to be a little bit more familiar with him than they would be other individuals simply because of Dear Evan Hansen. But Ben oh. Platt... Oh, oh my goodness. goodness. And I it is it is so it, people from that that specific genre they they learn how to project in a way because they have to. You're on a stage in front of people, you know, sometimes without a mic, you you have to project your voice in a certain way. And I think that that lends itself to a completely different <laughs> type. Because, yeah, I would say, oh, yeah, uh, Ben Platt's a tenor. Of course he's a tenor. Obviously, he's got a tenor vocal range. But there's mm-hmm. so much more depth to his voice and so much more resonance to his head tones that it's it's because he was, he was 
a theatrical singer and he sings on Broadway and things like that. Um, the guy that sang, I don't know why I can't remember his name. I think his first name's Jeremy. Jeremy, Jeremy Jordan. Jordan. Jeremy Jordan. He he Twins. was in. Yes, <laughs> he was in. Um, he was also in the Queen Latifah movie with Kiki Palmer. Joyful noise. Joyful noise. Yes, <laughs> that man. That man. Both Ben Platt and him. Both of them are major influences on me as well. Not as much as the ones I mentioned, obviously, but I have such appreciation for those voices and the theatrical side of music because it lends itself to a different tone. It You have to create a different tone for yourself to sing in that way. And let me tell you, and a theatrical artist you probably do know from my uh, more mainstream people, you probably know Jennifer Hudson. Just throwing that out there. She was on American Idol season three. She got eighth place. She has since um, won a Grammy, a Tony, and an Oscar. Um, she was in a theatrical production of Dream Girls. She's mm-hmm. been in The Color Purple. Um, mm-hmm. She has been in Hairspray Live. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in a, a well. ton of different movies. She has what I would consider to be an, an another voice of a generation. She's my favorite vocalist for those of you who don't know well, um, alex he's he's talking about jennifer hutz and we might as well just wrap it up here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next time on the back 40 <laughs> i'm over you all uh, they just don't mm, yeah. all right but jennifer hudson has a resonance that is unmatched in my opinion um you don't hear her on the radio you're not going to she has great songs look up some of her albums on apple music they're excellent um it's no denying that she's a fantastic vocalist but if you ever watch her live if you watch some of her performances you'll notice that she'll get away from the mic and you can still hear her (laughs) it's because those kind of people those including ben platt and jeremy jordan i've seen them do it too they have top tier vocals they can deliver the same punch with no auditory support. There's no mic there, but they're still delivering. That's resonance. That's filling mm-hmm. the space. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like there's not a place for those people in the music industry, and it's a shame. So Definitely. I will continue to wave my white flag and die on this hill for them because it's sad. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, that's kind of my, that's my spiel. Um, yeah, maybe maybe you, res- maybe you kind of resonated with my side. Maybe you resonated with Dayton or Alex's side. But ultimately, the point we just wanted to get across was that music is for everyone, and there is mm-hmm. a style, there's a genre out there for you. If you haven't found it yet, I, you can do. yes, yes, there is mm-hmm. a there is a genre out there that you will yeah, form a relationship if, with. If you haven't a connection to one you should make one <laughs> right right and <laughs> i think lots of money <laughs> i think like you said earlier andy there's two sides to every coin i think you know the rise of downloadable music and we can pre-save albums on apple music uh i currently have a dell 30 pre-saved by the way dropped november 19th and i am so excited anyway um I have God's Country by Blake Shelton done by a heavy metal band pre-state everywhere. Oh my God. <laughs> That's, interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. But I, I think that the age in which we live 
it, it creates the problem of, well, if you're not marketable, then we're not going to sign you to a label. But in the age in which we live and technology being the way that it is, artists can artists can put their own music out there and you can go and find it and if you look up a certain artist or a certain type of music suggested artists do pop up at the bottom i know at least on apple music um and you can find your niche you can find your thing if you haven't found it yet we live in an amazing time as far as technology is concerned that you can do that it's a lot easier now than it would have been 20 years ago to do that so yeah definitely encourage you if you don't have a type of music that you resonate with on a personal level and a music that you feel in your heart as i was mentioning earlier then you can it's very easy and also tiktok tiktok is a thing these days i love tiktok as far as finding new music because and and andy and alex know this uh we will send videos of singers back and forth to each other for hours and just like wow this guy's awesome wow this guy's awesome that has been an amazing tool for me to find artists that I like. Um, and you can use that as well. So Absolutely. It is it is a lot easier now than it would have been 20 years ago to do that. So all of us encourage you to do that. Yeah. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. So with that encouragement, Alex, I think you have a, a recommendation for our listeners. Yes. Uh, if you have not been listening... To anything we've said, we've said culture wall maybe five times at least, maybe more. <laughs> uh, you should go check the man out. He's really good. He's the Western, Western country, American folk, whatever they can say. I can't remember the Americana. 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 Dude is awesome. Kate McCann Black Top. Um, uh, him and Tyler Childers, Fraulein. Fraulein, dude, is so mm. good. And they seem to get it. It's like a match made in heaven. Yeah, so, just just picture in your mind a modern day Johnny, Johnny Cash yes. with more of a southern accent, and you have Coulter Wall. It is amazing. It's, it's, All right, and where can you find him? Oh, he's on Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Music iTunes, YouTube, you name it. He's uh, he's not that big, big yet, but uh, I think his time's coming. He's got he's got a couple albums. He does, and they're yeah. they're really good. Yes, good joke. excellent. Yes, hey, again, he has one of those voices that I, I listened to him in depth for the first time on my way home from work the other day. I just I threw on one of his albums on my drive home, and first couple notes, it's like my heart sank because he was singing a sad song, and I could hear it, I could feel it. You know, he's got one of those voices. So if you don't know what I was talking about when I said storytelling voice or uh, a cry in somebody's voice he's a good artist to pick up on that from yeah I was listening to him at work the other day and uh, one of my teachers I work with she came in and she's like who in the world are you listening to is that John Cash and I was like nope it's not I said it's Coulter Walsh she's like bro he sounds just like John Cash I said yeah I know mm-hmm. so you go check go check the man out well, I guess this will just about wrap us up for this episode. Isn't that right, boys? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hey, it was so com- much fun. Go to our Facebook page. Comment your favorite genre of music, your favorite artists. Uh, we want to see uh, what all you like to listen to and who all you like to listen to. So mm-hmm. go to our Facebook page, The Back 40, and comment on this. Uh, give us a like and all that and comment. We would love to see 
what you Absolutely. all listen to. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. I think that wraps it up. Uh, this has been the Back 40. And I'm Alex. I'm Andy. I'm Dayton. And we'll see you next Sunday.